0: Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. 1 Samuel 17. Let's pick up from last week, part two. David asked the men standing near him, what will be done for the man who kills the Philistines and removes this disgrace from Israel. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? If you read the scriptures closely, you'll come to understand that the highest missionary aim of the church, of followers of Jesus Christ, and this may surprise you, It's not first to save people from hell, although that is a, I mean, winning souls is an essential and a very primary part of what we do here uh, at Grace Church. But really, the essential aim of a believer is to bring honor and glory to the name of Jesus. Are you hearing me? It's really important that you hear this. Now, when the name of Jesus is honored, people get saved. Are you hearing me? That's right. That's right. But without us, you see, what, what many of us, uh, our approach is, okay, the highest thing I could do is win someone for the kingdom. So we want to win people, you know, into our camp, and we kind of just want a bigger club. But that's not the aim of things. The early church, they were people that were slaves. I mean, slavery was, was no cuter than slavery in this nation hundreds of years ago. But Jesus would tell them, submit to your master. Why? Because it was about bringing honor to the name. In other words, in your awful situation, if you can get free, please get free. But in this terrible situation, your goal is to bring honor to the name. So in this institution of slavery, our first aim is not to throw it off as much as to bring honor to Jesus while you're suffering. Are you hearing me? I know you know that's a, it's a terrible thing, but to bring honor to Jesus in this terrible situation. This is why these guys could face lions. This is why these guys could could die and, and leave their children without a father or without a mother, because their greatest aim was to bring honor to the name of God. They wanted to, are you hearing me? They wanted that name to be respected, and you see, when many people, I'm, I'm way off message already, but Their goal is to be blessed. Their goal is to be prosperous. You know, those things are things that happen uh, as a byproduct of seeking the kingdom, but they're not the primary aim. It's important that our aim is the glory of the king. Some of us addicted to various drugs, et cetera, the reason you can't break through is because you're trying to get free. But when your motivation becomes, Lord, I bear your name. I call myself a follower of Jesus Christ. Lord, such a habit cannot be in my life. Are you hearing me? Lord, my goal is to bring honor to your name. God, building a bigger church is not about bringing honor to some silly pastor. It's about bringing honor to your name. We come together in the name of Jesus every Sunday. And when your gifts move and people get set free, it's to bring honor to your name. We live for the name of Jesus. Colossians says... In 3 and 17, it says this, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, deed, do it all. Do it what? All. Do it what? All in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the Father through him. Let me me go a little bit further. I'm going to dig a hole, but a little bit later in the year, we will spend some time in the scriptures, and you'll understand from the Bible what I'm sharing with you. Nowhere in the scriptures do we find people praying for souls to be saved. We have whole movements in this nation, prayer movements, where they'll fill coliseums and pray for people to be saved. That's not the way Jesus taught us to pray, though it's not wrong and it's not a bad thing necessarily to do, but it's not what Jesus taught us to do. How did Jesus teach us to pray? When he taught us to pray, his request was this, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy one. He taught us to pray saying, Listen, Disciples, your prayer ought to be that respect is brought to that name. That the name of Jesus is not just a curse word. We hear, are you hearing me when people get upset? That people begin to honor and respect the name. So if we pray that God would honor and respect the name and people would respect the name, people will come to Christ. But why aren't people getting saved in the communities? There's no respect for the name. Many of us think the church is a joke, the Bible's full of myths and riddles. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And when honor is restored to the name, people will come by the droves. We pray long and hard, Lord, get them saved. God says, pray that my name be lifted up. And when my name's lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. me. But we have to pray for the name to be lifted up. I'm messing up. I know your traditions. But that's why your prayers are ineffective. Pray that people will respect the name. there would be a reverence and, and a genuine respect of God in the earth. And as that happens, now what happened? The queen of Sheba came to Israel. And actually, when he saw Solomon and the way that, uh, he was living and the way the servants were serving and how blessed the servants were in his house, the Bible says she got slain in the Holy Spirit. Are you hearing what I'm saying? She fell out. She fainted, hit the ground because she saw the glory and the honor of God. And then she took Judaism back to to Ethiopia and today that well there was a remnant there's still probably a few left but the Israelites have come and taken them to Israel since and and there was a whole uh Judaic remnant that existed in Africa all because this queen of Sheba didn't just hear a message she went and saw the glory of God so we want to live lives where we bring glory to God not perfect families But families that honor God, bring glory to God, and even in the midst of crisis, they still honor that name above every name. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And when people see, real people realize real change, they see the genuine. People will become salted. People will become interested in this God we serve. Are you hearing me? But respect has to be brought back to the name of Jesus. There was a time in the book of Acts. The Bible said, after Ananias and Sapphira were killed, no one dared join them. But guess what? People started getting saved. God continued to add to the church daily those who were being saved. The fear of God uh, came on the people, and they began to respect the church. They said, we're not playing with church. I'm not playing church anymore. If I'm not serious, I'm not going down to the church. And in that environment, people continued to get what? Saved. So your goal, please, make, make, make an adjustment. My goal is not just to get to my next level. My goal is to bring honor to God. David's goal was not to create a Bible story. He looked at the Philistine. He said, what were you, this uncircumcised Philistine, that you should defy the armies of the living God? How dare the the name of God be in disrepute here? How dare this Goliath taunt our God? And and the whole motivation of David was to bring honor and glory to the eternal. Imagine if we had a 1,000 people every Sunday. They left the the halls of this church with a motivation to bring honor to God. Not just to, again, add to our number, but to bring honor. And and in bringing honor, we know that the the, the church will continue to grow. Imagine if that became our focus. Not what happened to you 30 years ago. Not you getting your emotional healing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But us trying to, Lord, I go to work today. My boss is, I know, Lord, he is a, I got some words. He's a jerk. but Lord, I want to bring honor to you. Lord, help me handle this situation. No, Lord, don't just give me a new job. Help me. He knows he's doing me wrong or she's doing me wrong. But, Lord, in the midst of what's going on here, give me such a sweet spirit. that, Lord, my response brings conviction, and it piles heaps of coal on their head, and they got to turn to you. Are you hearing me? This is the way. We should live. You you have a husband that's living waywardly. He said, wives, don't try to convince them with with long speeches. Let it be the inward man of the heart. Let it be the life you live. Are you hearing what I'm saying? May you go home facing a real crisis in your house, but because of, of Christ in you, because of the way you handle it, your husband has to look at you and say, there's more to this woman than, than, than was in her when I first married her. That There's something noble in it. There's something high. There's something divine. You know what? There's something to this God. We have to change our motivations, and it has to be more than us getting blessed. Initially, God will bless that. When you first come to him, you're not yet a disciple. He'll fix your stuff, and he'll still fix your stuff later on. But as you grow, so should your motivations change. Lord, I drive this car to bring honor to you. God, I'll say this sentence or I won't say this sentence because I I endeavor to bring honor to you. Anything else is low living. Anything else God cannot really honor. After 15, 20 years in the faith, our motivation needs to have shifted over those years where it's all about him and less about us. Lord, let them kill my body, but I want to give honor and glory to God. Lord, let them make fun of me, but guess what? You know, in just a few days, uh, you're going to turn this thing around, and those who ridicule me eventually are going to see that God had been on my side. Are you hearing me? God before you. Who who can be against you? God, it's not about what I feel what I'm going through. Lord, it's about your glory. Back to Samuel 17 and 27. They repeated... To David what they had been saying and told him. This is what will be done for the man who what, Kills him. The average Israeli saw a giant. Just like in even our situation, the, the average church member may likewise see a, a giant, but David was different. He saw an opportunity. Are you hearing me? There are troubles in your way, Got to cry sometime. That's how the song goes. There's stuff that's going to get in your way, but how you view them makes all the difference in the world. When Eliab, David's older brother, heard him speaking with the men, he got angry. And he, he asked him, and you need to understand that as you walk with God, everyone's not going to be excited about your newfound boldness. Everyone's not going to be excited about you uh, speaking for God, standing up for God, and, and trying to, 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 to do the, the right thing. But if you're going to be like David, you have to learn to get over this. And his brother says to him, and by the way, some of the biggest problems will be with your brothers and sisters, folks you love, folks who ought to know, and people you hold dear. Why have you come down here? Now, again, David had come to the battlefront, those of you who had missed last week, and uh, Uh, He's bringing supplies to his brothers. But his brothers see him coming, he's only trying to do good, and and they begin to mock. And with whom did you leave those few sheep? You see, that's a dig there. He's insulting him. You know, you little guy, you little insignificant rug rat. How dare you come down and act like you're something, being all bold and, and brass, asking people what will be done for the man who, who wins here, like you can actually do something. And, and the brothers uh, get upset here. But, but let, let me tell you something. It often gets nasty before people go back to nice. Are you hearing me? You have to earn respect. And at first, there will be opposition. At first, they will talk bad about you, revile you, say all manner of evil against you. But Jesus said, rejoice in that day because that's the way they treated the prophets. But now we celebrate the prophets. But you'll go through a season again where people aren't happy with you. But stand long enough. Eventually, they'll come on your side, and you will win their hearts. His brother goes on, and he begins to question their motives. his motive. He says, I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. It's getting really personal here. He says, you come down only to watch the battle. Samuel, Samuel put a little oil on your head, David, and now you think you're, you missed a, a big stuff. Coming down here, sticking your nose where it doesn't belong. It's, it's kind of a nasty discussion here going on between him and his uh, brother. Watch David's response. Now, what have I done, said David. You have to know who you are. Are you hearing me? And you have to have confidence in where you're coming from. He said, can I even speak? Is this a free country? You know, I, can, can, can I say something? And uh, he speaks back to his brother. It's not nasty, but he speaks back and deals with the situation. He doesn't hightail and run. But watch what he does in verse 30. He turned away to someone else. Some people are not worth arguing with. Are you hearing me? <laughs> You need to know when to turn away and start to talk with someone else. He turned away to someone else, and he brought up the same manner. He wasn't discouraged by his brother. He wasn't crying and whining because of his brother. He didn't change his calling just because he experienced some criticism. All he did was change his company. We need to learn from little David here. And the men, they answered as before. What David said was overheard and reported to Saul. And Saul sent for him. Proverbs 18 and 16. This principle is revealed in the scripture and it's true. It says this, a gift opens the way or makes room for you in the King James Version and ushers the giver of the gift into the presence of the great. What he's saying is greatness is attracted to greatness. Gifted people are attracted to other gifted people. If you use your gifts properly, those in position will ultimately and eventually call for you. David is not here handing out his uh, cards, saying, you know, I'm a slayer of giants. That's not what he's doing. All he is doing is revealing his heart. And as he reveals his heart and speaks back to the enemy, It's overheard. And you, again, as we said last week, you don't know who's listening. God wants to promote you, but he's watching how you handle your crisis. And what you say in the midst of your crisis is going to determine whether or not God promotes you in that situation. Verse 32 of chapter 17, David comes to Saul and gets in his presence, and this is what he says. He says, Mr. King, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and what? Fight him. David is absolutely fearless. I mean, this is where he said, go, David, go, David, go, David. You hear what I'm saying? David, I mean, this is, he's, he's a 16-year-old boy, and he's saying, listen, guys, I got this thing. Don't anyone be afraid. And let me tell you something, when the gift of faith gets on you, I mean, when God's faith kicks in, you, you're not ordinary anymore. You don't act like typical people. You have a different mindset, a a whole different view of things, and the fire of God was shooting out of his eyes. And, you know, I've experienced that given some of you have have too. When you ought to have been falling apart, you ought to just fell on the ground, and folks in white jacket need to come and and pick you up because it just just, just seemed like. Matter of fact, I just went through an incredible week. If I told you about my week, you'd tell me, sit down, Pastor, you shouldn't (laughs) preach this week. The Bible calls it, it says, in the evil day. I like to call it Hell Week. That's when Hell throws at you everything it can. Your boys are fighting in the car on the way to church. You hear what I'm saying? Then you get in the church, everything ain't right. On top of that, I mean, I go on. But David, faith here. Don't worry about the town. We got this thing. Don't, don't worry about no. We, we got this thing. Hallelujah. That's when God's faith kicks in. The weapons of our warfare, not carnal, but mighty through God. And in the midst of crisis, God can give you faith that you could be like Daniel and sleep even though a lion is breathing on you. You could be like Moses in the front of of, of the Red Sea. Lift up your staff and with great calm say part. Are you hearing me? And the waters do just that. You could be like Jesus in a boat. The storm is raging. These great fishermen who ought to know better and know the seas, they're shaking in the boots, but you stand up and say, peace, peace. That's the value, genuine faith. But we're going to find here, faith is also contagious. And as this man began to operate in the genuine faith of God, but by the end of this thing, the whole army is strengthened, and they begin to advance against the Philistines. Verse 33, Saul replied. He said, young man, you're not able to go out against the Philistine and fight him. You're a baby. And he was a warrior from his Youth, you're not going to be able to be a successful leader if you're too touchy. You have to be able to deal with objections, particularly honest ones. Saul's asking an honest question. Listen, Goliath has been a champion. You're 16 years old. Goliath's been the heavyweight champion for 16 years. I mean, come on, come on, guy. You've never fought a battle like this. You're not ready for it. But, but we need to watch David's response. He doesn't get an attitude with Saul. Well, how come you don't believe in me? What's wrong with you? Where is you? No, 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 no. He answers him respectfully, and he deals with the situation. Don't be so touchy. Everyone's not always going to get you. Get over it. Are you hearing me? But David said to Saul, here's his response. He didn't get an attitude. He simply gave an answer for the hope that was within him. That's what 1 Peter 3 and 15. He says this, I'm going to go and start a new kingdom. No. I'm going to go and start a new church. No. Your servant, servant leadership, he answered respectfully and humbly. Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it. I struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. Listen, king. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and what? Bear, Mr. King, I'm not just bringing... Attitude. I have a resume. I have a history. Are you hearing me? An attitude will get you some places, but it will only get you so far. At some point, you need a track record. And, and what the Lord did for me there, He will do for me here. I'll speak things that are not as though they were. Are you hearing me? This was the approach of David. Our small successes are really building blocks for our ultimate calling. So we need to go over, you know, where the Lord's brought us from and the things he's done and build ourselves up on our faith, not just focusing on the places where, you know, things didn't go right. But David said, you know what, there were some issues and some times where things didn't go just as planned, but, but I remember the lion and the bear. And, Mr. King, I, I, I have a track record of success here. He says, this uncircumcised Philistine, what God's done in the past, he will do now, will be like one of them, speaking of the lion and the bear. Because I think I'm bad, no. Because he has not just defied you and I. He's defied the armies of the living God. Everyone else saw a a giant defying an army. But David had the discernment to see that Goliath was really picking a fight with the Almighty. He said, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion." Do you see his faith? But watch David. What is he doing? He's encouraging himself in the Lord. Remember when he was at Ziklag and all the men were speaking of stoning him. I mean, they had captured the wives, the women, and all their supplies. And all they were doing was, was doing the Lord's work and, and fighting God's battle. So they thought, and they came back, and everything in their houses was gone and destroyed. And the, the men got angry, and they got mad at their leader, and they were going to kill him. And, but, but David, the Bible said he encouraged himself in the Lord. What did he do? He started reminiscing. Listen, you remember, God, what you did with the lion and the bear? I remember what you did with Goliath. Are you hearing what I'm yes. saying? And he began to stir himself. Yes. And as he stirred himself, his faith arose. And before long, he he called for the ephod. And and then he he inquired of the Lord, the Bible said. He said, God, shall we pursue and conquer? And the ephod said, yes. And he said, man, we will charge. We will go ahead and we will take back everything that has been stolen. But listen, it wouldn't have happened unless David encouraged himself in the Lord. There's no one on David's team at this point. He's a 16-year-old boy. No one believes in him. No one even knows of him, but he believes in the God in him. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.